You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. That patched Flash Zero Days being distributed in the wild, GSA cuts itself some slack. Many Android devices are reported vulnerable to clickjacking. Advertising budgets are being drained by a big click fraud botnet. A new furtive cyber espionage tool, Furtim, is observed in the wild. Swift gets some advice. Apple patches some widely used products. Cyber tensions rise between the U.S. and China. And GCHQ joins Twitter. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Tuesday, May 17, 2016. The recently patched Flash Zero Day is being actively exploited in the wild. If you're still using Flash, do patch it. FireEye warns that the common vectors are maliciously crafted Microsoft Office files delivered as email attachments. As much as most places might hate to admit it, email in general and Outlook in particular probably remain the most widely used business collaboration tools. But even good alternatives carry their own risks if they're not properly configured. Witness, for example, the GSA. The U.S. General Services Administration, like many other organizations, is a Slack user. The staff in GSA's 18F unit, an office that functions effectively as an IT consultancy for federal agencies, is required by internal policy to use Slack for sharing files, images, documents, spreadsheets, PDFs, the typical contents of business collaboration. To share data from GSA, Google Drive, and Slack, 18F uses the standard OAuth 2.0 for authorization and authentication. But according to the GSA Inspector General, there were issues with how 18F configured Slack. On March 4th, an 18F supervisor noticed that their use of OAuth 2.0 permitted full access to more than 100 GSA Google Drives. This opened the possibility that the documents could have been automatically exposed to public view. 18F disabled the option, removing Google Drive integration from their Slack instance. 18F's account of the incident is worth a look, particularly by other enterprises that use Slack. Visit the blog at 18f.gsa.gov for the story. SkyCure is warning that older Android devices, which is to say most Android devices, are vulnerable to clickjacking through exploitation of Android's accessibility services and the ability the system provides to draw over other apps. Privilege escalation up to control over a device is possible. SkyCure recommends updating to the latest version of Android and, as always, downloading apps only from an authorized source. Click fraud, not to be confused with click jacking, is also in the news. Bitdefender notes that a very large botnet has herded in around a million devices and that it's successfully burning through advertising dollars by using the redirector.paco trojan to generate bogus clicks. NSILO analyzes Furtim, malware being described as stealthy and paranoid. Now circulating in the wild, Furtim was discovered by a researcher who goes by the handle at HFirefox. 
Ensilo finds that Fertum is noteworthy for the large number of checks it makes for antivirus measures installed on its targets, some 400, ranging from commodity security products to some fairly esoteric protective tools. Its servers also send the malicious code only once, thereby limiting opportunities for reverse engineering. Fertum's purpose appears to be espionage. As Swift users react to last week's attempt on a Vietnamese bank, foiled, the bank says, observers continue to look at the fund's transfer system and conclude that its security procedures need an overhaul. Imagine your company suffers a breach, and it's a big one, messy and public. How should you react from a technical and public relations point of view? Young Gong Chan is CEO of a company called Cyber Risk Management, and he says that many organizations, when faced with this sort of situation, overreact. It is really manifested in the, the, the sociology of feeling vulnerable and exposed. And so if you consider the American response to 9-11, that response occurred in such a way where it manifested itself with the creation of the Transportation Security Administration, as well as a wide-ranging enhancements to laws to protect U.S. citizens. If you look at that parallel in the digital arena, organizations get breached. They overreact to show whether it's investor confidence, customer or employee confidence, that they're now taking it seriously and are now investing a substantial portion of their budgets where if they took a more balanced approach and a more proactive approach throughout the life cycle, that the impact associated with the damages may not have been as critical. So while it's important to not overreact, you do need to get in front of the situation. According to Chan, effective communications are a key part of that. There's crisis management marketing that lots of organizations need to do to restore investor confidence, mitigate losses associated with share value if they're a publicly traded firm, restoring employee confidence, and and ultimately demonstrating that they are in control of their business. Sean emphasizes the importance of companies keeping an eye on the big picture from a high level. An organization needs to take a holistic approach in looking at their financial data and looking at their financial operating processes, taking a look at their technology, and then also looking at the operational elements as well. And it's ultimately about facilitating that cyber-aware culture Are you running the right kinds of drills around spear phishing attacks, for instance? Um, Are you still running penetration tests or are you running breach readiness assessments? If I had to press 911 today because of a suspected data breach, who do I call? What processes do I need to invoke? What do I do in the case of a crisis? That's Yan Gong Chan from Cyber Risk Management. We'll hear more from him in our upcoming special edition covering cyber value at risk. In patch news, Apple has issued updates for OS X 10.11.5, iTunes 12.4, and iOS 9.3.2. This round of patches aims at improving both security and usability. And Sino-American tensions tighten with the release of a U.S. Department of Defense assessment that shows an increasingly assertive Chinese presence in both cyberspace and the South China Sea. U.S. lawmakers and policymakers debate the appropriateness and likely effectiveness of retaliation in kind. That's retaliation in cyberspace. No one is proposing that America construct artificial islands on any continental shelf, as far as we know. 
Investors await Cisco's guidance expected later this week. Barron's suggests that the company may disappoint, which would further disturb cyber stock prices. Venture capital for security startups remains available, however. Both Avanon and Elusive announce new rounds of funding. Finally, we're pleased to welcome a new voice to Twitter. GCHQ, Britain's intelligence and security organization, is now tweeting a little bit with the handle at GCHQ. One of the first tweets directed towards Sheltonham came from Langley. The CIA issued a chipper, hello world. So hello, GCHQ, and thanks for listening. We hope you're listening anyway. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And joining me once again is Dale Drew. He's the chief security officer at Level 3 Communications. Uh, Dale, uh, Level 3 is a backbone provider, and that gives you uh, a particular vantage point on the rest of the Internet. I was wondering for our listeners, could you describe to me what is the role of a backbone provider in relation to the overall topography of, of the Internet? Well, if you think about a backbone provider like Level 3, uh, we're like, like a post office. Um, people will take uh, their data, put it in an envelope, uh, address that envelope with a to and a from, and uh, hand it off to their carrier, or in our case, the router. Um, and we analyze that to and the from, and uh, we route it to the appropriate location based on zip code and then based on address and then based on name. So we we take... You know, a significant number of those envelopes a day, um, and whether you know, and for most carriers, whether those envelopes um, contain uh, legitimate data, whether they contain malware, or whether they contain uh, spam, we are just the carrier of that data. But at the same time, you're you're constantly looking at the data, you're analyzing the data, and what kinds of things are do you, are you seeing in that stream of data? Well, so we don't analyze the actual content of the payload itself. We do all of our analysis based on the to and the from. And then the relationships that those twos and those froms have. So we know, for example, some zip codes send more spam than other zip codes. We know that some zip codes are responsible for more malware than other zip codes, and we pay more attention to those neighborhoods than we do other neighborhoods. 
So for example, within our backbone, we collect 52 billion events a day, and we identify 1.3 billion security events a day. That's about 300 command and control uh, uh, botnets uh, a second. That's about 2,000 phishing attacks a second. It's about 3,000 malware attacks every second. And it's about uh, 10,000 scans a second. So the amount of visibility we have is pretty enormous, but also the the amount of bad activity is, is significant and rising. So if you aren't looking at the actual contents of the data, does that mean you're collaborating with the people who are? Uh, absolutely. We're, we're collecting data from a wide variety of, of IP reputational databases that are analyzing things like malware attacks and phishing attacks and scanning attacks. Um, we also collect this data ourselves. So we have a, a, a honeypot infrastructure where we're collecting that data. And then we also have behavior algorithms that, that, that will analyze that data, look for bad activity. Now, what we do is when we, when, we, when we receive IP reputational information or our honeypot information or the algorithm data, we'll analyze uh, who's being attacked and then, and then reference that IP address ac- across the entire network. So if we know a bad guy is attacking a particular customer, we'll watch that bad guy to see who else they're attacking and then build algorithms for watching that behavior. And we, what we've detected is that a lot of the bad guys have very particular behavior. They do things in a very particular way which allows us to categorize not only the actor themselves, meaning are they organized crime or the nation state, but even individuals within those organizations. So we know when, when a particular person is attacking an industry because that particular actor has very specific uh, habits when they're breaking into systems. All right, fascinating stuff. Dale Drew, thanks for joining us. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With Identity Orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge, and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hey, listeners. We're always looking for ways to improve the N2K Cyberwire network and maintain the intelligence-driven news experience that keeps you in the know on the latest developments in cybersecurity. We've launched our 2024 audience survey and would love for you to take a few minutes to share your feedback. And hey, there's even a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card if you complete the survey. Visit cyberwire.com survey. 
That's cyberwire.com slash survey and share your feedback now. Now. 